Hey there, folks. We're back with two droids and a mic. Again, with your stars, it's CJ Klein and John Volkert here. Today, we're going to be talking about Star Wars news and what's going to be coming up in the future after Disney has acquired Star Wars for the last three films. You know, what we are going to be expecting in the upcoming films and a little bit about how Disney has impacted Star Wars as a franchise. So jumping right in, we're going to talk about the end of The Last Jedi. We saw Luke face Kylo Ren, and we saw our heroes, Leia and Rey, escape and kind of regroup for the final battle that's coming up. CJ, what did you feel like after this movie ended? Um, you know, I left the theater overall pleased. Uh, that was pretty. That was a pretty great feeling. There was a ton of anticipation for this film, especially after the standard they had set with The Force Awakens. You know, not everyone was pleased with The Force Awakens, so they were trying to recover some base on uh, on some end. However, they did have a completely new, you know, absolutely infatuated audience in a lot of respect. So um, I think this film, in a way, was uh, just trying to hit it out of the park that much more than The Force Awakens to ensure fans that this is a series they're going to want to stick around for. And it sets up the ultimate battle between Kylo and Rey that we are all looking forward to in the third movie. Uh, for me, we unfortunately we saw Luke die, and that's tough on fans, but it really helps us really shift our focus to the new characters of Rey, Finn, and Poe, and how we can finally let go. We still have Leia around, but... As we know, Carrie Fisher has passed away, so her involvement in the next films are not likely going to be as, as heavy as they were in these films. Yeah, that's for sure. All right, so let's go ahead and talk a little bit about how we think Disney has impacted the film. I, for one, personally believe that Disney has impacted the films in a bit of a negative way. Uh, that's not to say that they did everything wrong. Uh, I'm very pleased with the last two films um, and the anthology series, you know. Uh, with the introduction of Rogue One, and I'm very much looking forward to the new anthology film, Solo. But I think they've gone soft a little bit, you know? That being said, we did see blood for the first time on a Stormtrooper's mask during The Force Awakens, so uh, we, it's not that we're new to blood in Star Wars, we've definitely seen it, but seeing it as a reoccurring theme was definitely satisfying. Um, I, I, seeing that violence reassured me that Disney was not going to make this some hoity-toity princess film. Um... This is not going to be any Snow White. However, I think that they did kind of dumb things down a little bit, and they're forcing some of these relationships between characters I've seen in the films. And I don't know if that's necessarily natural, as we saw between you know Han Solo and Leia, that kind of natural con connection that occurred over the films and that natural relationship building. I think they're trying to force uh, these new relationships on fans. Well, CJ, I'm going to have to disagree with you on this one. I will, I will take the other side of the argument and say that these new Disney films are very similar to the original trilogy in the fact that, like you mentioned, the relationships that occur in the movies. We, I feel like the original trilogy, when they showed that kind of love triangle between Leia, Han, and Luke, kind of was a, a little bit of a soft move. I mean, I understand why it happened, but it kind of reminded me of certain Disney films. And I feel like what Disney was trying to do with The Last Jedi was find a reason for Finn to exist in the movie. And they felt like him and this girl that he met was a good way to do that. 
Alrighty, well, agree to disagree, I guess. But speaking of Han Solo, how about the Han Solo trailer for the new upcoming anthology movie, huh? Yeah, CJ, I was really excited when I saw this watching the Super Bowl there. We saw the first sound bites of the trailer with the clicks of all the engine controls and the Millennium Falcon, and we got to see a young Han Solo talk about how he's going to be the best pilot in the galaxy. Yeah, no, that was super exciting. Honestly, I was on the edge of my seat the entire trailer, just super, super excited. I mean, it, it was long overdue. I mean, I was literally beginning to think that we were going to start to see a Han Solo trailer in the theaters for The Last Jedi. It's It's been a while. It's been coming. But I can't say I was disappointed at all. Um, seeing Donald Glover uh, in a stunning Lando Calrissian costume, that was absolutely key um, I'm so happy. I'm, I'm just thrilled. Yeah, and one of the things I guess I'm looking forward to the most is how Han Solo meets Chewbacca, one, and two, what the Millennium Falcon is like before Han makes the modifications that he talked about in A New Hope. Absolutely, and I mean, even in the trailer, you see it's a shiny, brand spanking new ship. I mean, this thing looks like it is ready to ride, and um, the trailer did not, I mean, it did not disappoint in any respect in that way either. I mean, seeing him fly through, uh, uh, dodging a couple TIE fighters, we saw some sort of giant tentacled monster there at the end. I mean, this is going to be a hell of a ride, to say the least. And CJ, what do you think about the direction of the anthology films? We first had Rogue One, which tied a few points together with how the plans got to the Rebels for the Death Star. Now we have a Han Solo story, and we also have rumors of possibly an Obi-Wan Kenobi solo film. What do you think of Disney's decision to do these kind of separate movies and how that impacts the world of Star Wars? You know, uh, it's, it's really hard to kind of pick a stance on this because you know there's there's the side of me that wants Star Wars to remain this kind of treasured nostalgic film franchise that it's become and you know I know a lot of the traditional fan base is going to agree with me on that and they don't want to see necessarily a bunch of these films because they they think this is Disney's way of really just kind of um, reaping the cash cow you know just making a bunch of money off a bunch of different fans and I can't necessarily agree with this 100% though I understand this could be a worry um, the other side of me really really is excited about these films for the first time we get to see a young Han Solo I mean they blew it out of the water with Rogue One just such a phenomenal job with the casting the direction they went with the film I mean some of the effects I think they're just doing a great job with these films so until they give me a reason to complain I guess I'm just along for the ride and by the way in terms of a reason to complain if they do not cast Ewan McGregor for Obi-Wan Kenobi that may be the biggest crime on Star Wars that's all I'm gonna say on that and to your earlier point I feel like Disney making these anthology films are trying to are tailoring their movies to the audience you talked about that are maybe hesitant about stories outside of the main series looking directly at fans that are fans of the original trilogy and talking about the main plot points I guess that weren't necessarily dived into that deeply in the original trilogy of the plans and Han Solo's backstory so we get to kind of see that taken full into effect Absolutely. And I think that was a huge piece. You know, I mean, looking back at uh, the original trilogy and seeing, 
you know, that major key component um, of acquiring the Death Star plans. I mean, it, it kind of went overlooked, I'm not going to lie, uh, at least in my opinion, for the first time I viewed it. And uh, looking back, it's so fun to see how that, that part kind of fits in. And even for new viewers, you know, when they come to you and they ask, you know, oh, what's Rogue One about and where does it fit? You know, maybe not necessarily everyone is interested in finding that out, but the ones that really do come in question, you know, where, where does that fit in the series? It's so fun to point to the exact moment when they're talking about the Death Star plans and you say right there you know how did they get those plans and then you, you see a puzzled look on their face and it's like well I hell have I got a story for you Rogue One baby there we go yeah that speaks to the success of uh, the new Disney films and an interesting fact that I just looked up CJ was that Disney paid four billion dollars to Lucasfilms to buy the rights to Star Wars and after The Last Jedi which was the third movie that Disney has come out with they have already made $4.6 billion. So they've already made their money back on three movies with many more movies on the horizon to come. Yeah, that is absolutely insane. I think it's just, I mean, it's incredible. I mean, the, the feat alone. But, I mean, for all that money to go to Disney, it's like, holy cow, boy, are we in for a ride. If you made that much money <laughs> off of three films... You know, it's only uh, it's only a matter of time before they're trying to make even more. And what would you say to people that would tell you, well, Disney's just pumping out all these films just to make more money, and they don't really care about the quality of these films? You know, I, I get that a lot. I feel like a lot of people these days just think that, you know, all they're trying to do is just get money. And I don't think that's necessarily the first thing that they're thinking about when it comes to these films, because this is a franchise that, mind you, has spanned over 40 years. I think they're really trying to make an impression on cinematography as a whole. I mean, being a part of this franchise is an honor. If you ask anyone, anyone from any cast on any movie in the Star Wars universe, and they are just thrilled to be a part of the process to begin with. Even actors that have been let go from the process have said, we had our creative differences, and I know that sounds like a cliche, but ultimately they didn't want to leave on bad terms with Star Wars because it's a magical process to begin with. And not only that, but part of the money that George Lucas received, part of that $4 billion, was actually stopped in Disney. So I ask, why in the hell would George Lucas intentionally want to see these films plummet? Why would he want to see his stock just decrease out of nowhere? Why would he want to see his life's work thrown away? And people say, well, you got $4 billion out of the deal, that's for sure. Well, yeah, but some of it is being accounted for in these new films that have yet to come out. Finally, here on today's podcast, we're going to be talking about our predictions for episode nine of the Star Wars saga. I'll begin with mine. I believe that they're gonna, Disney is going to choose to go in a different direction than the original trilogy. I feel like at least one of the three main characters of Finn, Rey, and Poe are going to die. And I feel like Kylo Ren is going to track down the Knights of Ren that he accumulated from the original training of Luke Skywalker. And I feel like he is going to team up with them. And start a crazy manhunt for Rey in which Rey is going to need to come up with a plan to respond and incorporate the other heroes and the rebels that she has to her advantage. Alright, I can definitely see some of that happening. Um, I definitely think that there's going to be some sort of manhunt for Rey. Um, I think that 
anything besides that would be kind of silly to uh, to predict. I think uh, Kylo definitely realizes how important Rey is, how powerful she is, um, how much she has in touch with the Force. Um, he now realizes her capabilities. You know, um, I think that there's definitely going to be that in the back of Kylo's head as we move forward, that he needs to either destroy her or convince her if he's going to move on. However, I don't know if we're going to see the Knights of Ren. Uh, I think it's been enough of a passive uh, subject at this point where we would have probably seen more if we were really going to touch on them. Um, not to discredit your, uh, your prediction there by any means, but I'm just not so sure if I think we're going to be seeing that. Um, I've, I, you know, part of me really, really wants to, wants to believe that Snoke isn't actually dead. Um, you know, you got the pretty crazy fan theories that believe that he's actually alive in some form or another, and that he, the entire time, knew that, uh, Kylo was going to betray him, was going to kill him at the end of the movie. Spoiler alert. Sorry about that, folks, if you're, if you're, if you haven't seen the new film, but, I think overall it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one. Um, I'd I'd like to believe that Snoke is alive and that eventually he'd come back and that maybe Kylo and Rey would have to team up as the equal halves to the better whole to defeat the greater evil. But then again, that may be just as crazy as a prediction as the Knights of Ren. I mean, we thought Darth Maul was dead too, and they definitely decided to bring him back. I think anything is possible. Obviously, the fan theories about. Snoke being Darth Plagueis the Wise and all the crazy stuff we've heard could definitely be a direction that Disney looks. I I like to agree with your point too, how I thought that there was just no way if Snoke claimed to be as powerful as he was that he didn't tell that Kylo was turning the lightsaber towards him. It just, it doesn't sit well with me at all how that scene played out, even though it was such a cool scene, how the big bad guy that we've all been waiting to see since Disney acquired it and since The Force Awakens came out, voiced by Andy Serkis, who's a, who's a phenomenal actor. But, I mean, come on. Just the fact that he died that easy, that's, it was just hard for me to watch. Absolutely. And, I mean, it's, it's kind of ridiculous, if you think about it, to believe that he'd really be dead if he were all that powerful or as powerful as we were led to believe. We saw the Emperor, you know, Darth Sidious, over the span of six different films, right? This is this is a the, the main evil character that had been in the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy. We saw him for six films. All right. So if this supreme leader Snoke is supposed to be more powerful than our previous evil villains, there is absolutely no way that he would fall to the hands of a young Kylo Ren in an absolute rage-filled uh, accident, if you even really want to call it that. And, I mean, who's to say that Snoke might not be uh, Darth Sidious surviving the end of uh, Return of the Jedi? I mean, I know that's, that's quite a far-fetched theory, but at this point, anything's possible and everything's on the table. Absolutely. I mean, it's definitely out there, but, I mean, we've heard every kind of theory in the book from here on out. I mean, we even Mace Windu being the evil... Uh, <laughs> the evil overlord that we've yeah. been waiting to see in these upcoming films. So, I mean, nothing is off the table, nothing's off limits, just like you said. So I'm really excited to see where we go from here. Alrighty, folks, that'll wrap up today's episode of Two Droids and a Mic. We appreciate you guys listening. Remember to follow us on Twitter, myself at John Volkert one 
and CJ at ChrisJames1458. Also, you can listen to us on SoundCloud by searching Two Droids and a Mic, and we are currently in the process of being approved by iTunes, so in the future, look for us there on iTunes. And remember, we are the droids you're looking for.